And now, it's time for the Shake and Blake Show live on Wildcat 91.9. I love it. Say it one more time. Shake and Blake! Does that feel good? Yeah. It rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. Blake Crawford. It's not very often that you have a National Player of the Year candidate wearing the purple and white. John Grove. It just felt like he could do nothing wrong with the ball in his hands. Bring you all things K-State sports and even more. And it's shaking big time. Welcome, everybody, into the Shake and Blake Show live on Wildcat 91.9. My name is Blake Crawford, alongside, as always, John Grove. John, how are you? Not bad. Not bad. Classes were pretty pretty easy throughout the week. Um, no tests at all. So oh, really? I, I'm prepping myself for, for a little more of a difficult week, but it was more of a relaxed week. Uh, got to see the man, the man uh, of the week in Jerome Tang, his press conference yesterday, everything... Is going well. Uh, like you said before, uh, it's a great day to be a Wildcat. I know you had in the audio, but I just desperately wanted to say it just to get out of the way. You know, John, let's just go ahead and get it from um, the other enemy. What a great day to be a Wildcat. It really. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, Coach. That's music to my ears. Thank you, Coach Self. Could we? Let's just hear it one more time. What a great day to be a Wildcat. Oh, isn't, isn't it just great? I know. Context is overrated. I mean, let's go ahead and hear it from the man, the real man of the week, we John. Go. It's a great day to be a Wildcat. Nah, I, I, my bad. Let's do that again. It's a great day to be a Wildcat. It really is, John. Preacher from the mountains. I can't believe you had an easy week of class, John. I had a really stressful week. I had to give a speech, and then I had a concert on Wednesday, and I have to write this essay when I go home, so... Well, I mean, it won't be luckily, that bad. Luckily, can... for, luckily for me, none of that's my fault. That is true. That None is, of that is your fault. That is exactly I mean, the problem. John, we should probably get going. We've got a lot to hit on. I mean, the Tank press conference was yesterday. There's some stuff going around about um, assistants that are pretty much confirmed, but they haven't been officially announced because of all the logistics and stuff. I mean, the tournament, there were games yesterday. Games are about to start in like 90 seconds. Um, the baseball team is playing right now in Fort Worth um, at TCU. What else is going on? I mean, March, we mentioned March Madness, the baseball team. Um, let's go ahead and just talk about the first thing that uh, just broke like an hour ago. Selton Miguel enters the transfer portal. Um, I mean, do you have any uh, thoughts on it, John? It's going to be a presence defensively that's going to be truly missed for K-State. Miguel averaged 7.2 point, points, uh, four, four rebounds, uh, and 1.7 assists uh, last season. Uh, he just had a lot of potential, especially on the defensive end where he was making a lot of plays. Uh a lot of him inside the paint at times, um, playing some of the best players such as Ashai Baji. Uh, he was just really getting in there physical. It's gonna be. It's it's going to be. Uh, I think. I think defensively, um, it's going to be a major factor that's going to be lost. Yeah, I mean, you know, he kind of got a lot of hate sometimes for. He's kind of a. <laughs> Oh, how do I put it, John? He's got a unique offensive skill set. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he can get the jump shot going, which is what coming into the season is what he said he had, had improved the most, that didn't really seem to be the case. But his ability to drive and finish in lane was pretty, you know, pretty nice. Those few games he was gone, we, he was definitely missed. Um, but considering the fact that um, we'll get into it a bit later in more detail, but Tang's recruiting prowess as well as the recruiting prowess of his possible pretty much confirmed assistance, I think we could really open up that spot for a, a huge upgrade. For sure. I, I think the, this this happens with a lot of teams. We, we've seen this with the likes of Iowa State and Texas Tech. Um, their success um, has mainly been contributed by a lot of players in the transfer portal. And, this, and for K-State 6, um, a lot of their success came from the transfer portal last year with the likes of Mark Smith, Marquise Noel, Ish Masood. Um, there's a lot of potential for K-State to get really um, one of those what, potential gold mine out of a portal. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you look at a team like Iowa State and everything they've done in the transfer portal, Texas Tech as well. I mean, I don't really have too many thoughts on the Selton Miguel transfer. We wish him nothing but the best. Hopefully he finds a right home and can unlock his true potential. 
it just didn't really seem to be the case at K-State. Um, but, I mean, just quickly after that, we can go ahead and hit on the press conference uh, that happened yesterday. It was in the Shamrock Zone, 1230. Um, there was a lot of pomp and circumstance. The cheer team oh, was yeah. there. The band played the fight song. Tons of fans were there. Obviously, the Shamrock Zone is just totally awesome. Um, I'd never been in there before. I'd seen pictures and stuff, but it's just it is such a cool place. Um, and, I mean, obviously, you know, I think if you've – if watched it, you would know it's a. It was a total slam dunk by Coach Tang. He absolutely nailed it. I mean, not only does he's had a lot of success at Baylor, but he's an excellent, excellent public speaker. John, he really carries himself really strong. He's comfortable in his own skin. He's funny, has a lot of charisma, and I think that really you know made him a great fit. And I think K State fans love him right away. I'm just going to keep it plain and simple. That might have been the best press conference I've ever witnessed uh, as a K State fan and as viewing as well. Uh, there's just a crowd ready to take in all the Jerome Tang they can get right now, and I highly doubt they left the Shamrock Zone not being satisfied with Jerome Tang. Uh, he was just very dynamic with how he presented him presented himself yesterday. I just liked that he was so powerful to listen to, uh, and I think part of that as well is when he, uh, I think a, a, par- a perfect example is is um, when he moved away from the podium. I, I think that's when we knew we were going to be really in. Um, for some good stuff. He was just, he was funny at times. He was serious. He was emotional after sharing some of his stories while under Scott Drew. Uh, he, he caught some of a player's attentions uh, with probably one of the more smarter analogies with the nocturnal wildcats. <laughs> yeah. Of like the European and the African wildcats. Uh, I just got a lot, I just lot of got, I got a lot of kick out, kick outs from him. He, he just, he just had a lot of powerful messages as well. I, I, he, he's the type of guy that just, uh, on day one, he's got a lot of K-State Nation on board. It's just now a, a matter of time of, w- of winning games. Yeah, I mean, he opened it up with a great, it's a great day to be a Wildcat. I mean, he mentioned that the team's going to be tough, they're going to be appreciative, and they're going to be really passionate. Um, he took a lot of time to thank everybody who you know um, helped get him there, including Scott Drew, obviously. And his... And and not in laws, in loves, in love, in loves. That's a great way to suck up to them. By the way, I was just about to say that that is so cute that he calls his in laws his in loves. I mean, that is that's a pretty smart tactic, honestly. I mean, it's pretty smart. I mean, you know, he mentioned a great story about Scott Drew, and you know, he got a wine bottle for when they first started the job. And, um, you know, he was told, Scott Drew was told to open it only, you know, when it's something worth celebrating. And he mentioned, you know, they'd been to Elite Eight, Sweet 16s, won an NIT championship, Final Four, National Championship, winning the Big 12 in back-to-back years. The wine bottle was still closed until Jerome Tang got the job at K-State, which really, I mean, it just gave you goosebumps and it showed the relationship that those two had. And that's the, you know, the bonds he really wants to try and build here at K-State. I mean, you know, that was a true emotional moment. And then I have written down right after that, um, you know, talking with President Linton, who was the first person to teach him the Go Cats. And then I love I love the part when he said that, you know, that's why they call President Linton the GOAT because of the mass and the school days. That was just I mean, that was a great way to get in with the students. And he's obviously done his homework on this school. I mean, the, the Wildcat stuff was kind of extra credit, but he's obviously he's very passionate about this job and he's been waiting for it for a very long time. For sure, I, this he this is a type of job where he's just so familiar with everything. Because compared to a lot of the other schools, K State is is in familiar territory. They're in the Big Twelve. You, you there's a lot of familiarity when it comes to the teams and the environments that they play in. Uh, it's 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 unlike any other for sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely to be, you know, in the Big 12, like, you know, Kellis asked him about the 40 times, you know, that he's uh, played K-State and some of the memories, obviously, you know, <laughs> it was just so great that he remembered in very specific detail the Rodney Magruder game winner that, you know, Isaiah Austin threw a long pass that didn't get touched and that, you know, they made a mistake. Somebody made a mistake when we were playing zone. Magruder got the shot off. I just thought that was hilarious. The great story he told about Laced Arias Dunn. With the scouting report. Yeah, with Coach all. Mills, who was a former assistant at Baylor, now the coach at Oral Roberts. He faked a scouting report and <laughs> dropped it down that Laced Arias Dunn was selfish and didn't play defense, which I don't know if people actually do that kind of stuff on scouting reports and that are then, just, like, blatantly negative. But he just proceeded to go off on K-State. Shoot eight threes, and then, and then while doing that, he just scared, he just gave a deaf stare up a, up, a, up a bench. It was... Yeah, that, that was it, hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious yeah he, he, he's just a great char- great character great a- great act uh, uh, as well he, he just presents him, himself in a way that a lot of k-state fans can get behind 
Yeah, I mean, I think oh, I was just about to say something, but I totally forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, I mean, I've written down on my next thing. Uh, I think when he was asked about the NIL and the transfer portal, I think that answer was specifically very poignant. I mean, he talks about that, you know, he thinks that players should be able to use their name, image, and likeness, but every player's trying to get to the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. And NBA contracts cost a, or a lot, pay a lot more than these NIL deals, so you should be focused on trying to get to the NBA, which I think is a terrific point, you know, and to keep the guys focused on, you know, really the task at hand. Um, but, John, I just want to go ahead. Um, we don't have a ton of clips because, obviously, it's on K-State Online. Go PowerCat. If you want to watch the um, – it's like half an hour. He talks for like 20 minutes, I think, of it. Um, if You should really just go watch it yourself because it's truly terrific. But um, I just wanted to um, throw one clip here that specifically stood out to me. Tim Fitzgerald uh, over at GoPower.com asked him about keeping his emotions in check during all of this. And uh, here was Coach Tank's answer. How have you kept your emotions in check? I think I saw one video last night when you were talking to the kids that – started to get away from you? I really don't want to keep it in check, right? This is who I am. I'm really passionate. I care deeply. I have no problem crying. Uh, I have no problem laughing. I have no problem cheering. Um, that, that's, that's my heart. And when, I'm, when, I'm, when I really, really care about something, I, I'm all in. And so, you know, I, you, you know, obviously you want to seem like you're composed, but I am who I am. I mean, I think the thing that really stands out for me, John, on this one is, I mean, maybe it's because I'm like a, you know, an insecure 21-year-old, but the fact that he, you know, Fitz asks him about keeping his emotions in check and he goes the opposite direction. He's like, you know, why do I need to keep my emotions in check? I am who I am. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable in front of my team and, you know, the fans. And I think that really stood out to me that, you know, this is somebody who's obviously very passionate. He puts his heart on his sleeve and he's going to, you know, go fight for this team. Well, I think hitting end of a press conference as well, well, he starts it off with saying it's a great day to be a Wildcat. He kind of changes things up. It just brings brings the whole house down with it's a great day to be a Wildcat, just yelling it from from the mountains. Uh, that's that just shows a lot of just shows a lot of pride. Just shows a lot of passion um, for what he's wanting to do for this basketball program. It, 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 compared to some of the player um, coaches in the past, they they like try to keep their emotions in check, whether it's during a basketball game, during a press conference. He 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 tr- just speaks uh, out like his mind in a way that's just really passionate, and it's just it's it's a realistic feeling in a way. Yeah, what what's a uh, Jimmy V's thing that if you like if you laugh, cry, and pray, like that's a full day. And I think that should be it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's kind of what happened at the tank press conference. But yeah, there's obviously coaches who kind of turn on media mode and kind of you know just go through the basic answers, especially when the times are more tough. But he obviously is a very passionate guy. Um, I mean, John, I I did when I was watching the press conference again. I got recommended to watch the Chris Jans press conference, and I was like, let's just see what this is like, just for a bit of comparison. Um, I mean, the grass was definitely not on greener on the other side. No disrespect to Coach Jans, but it's pretty hard to beat Coach Tang. I'm not sure if fans were at the the um the presser for Coach Tang or for Coach uh, Jans. I don't think there were, but he came out. He rang the bell. He did Hale State, right? Obviously, you know the two they big, State. but it was complete silence. I don't know if fans were there, but it was really awkward. Also, his opening statement was 21 minutes long. Which was like that was I think it was a little bit much. I kind of skipped through like the second half of it, but I mean he did get very emotional talking about you know some of his former players and relationships that he has with them. So credit to Coach Jans for that. But I mean I think just for a comparison, I mean Tang absolutely knocked this out of the park. You know, like we mentioned, he laughed, cried, and prayed in this one. I think. Um, well, and like I said, he caught the he caught the media's attention, which is probably the most important thing uh, overall. Uh, he well, but there was also players as well. He he got a lot of attention uh, uh, towards some of the players that um, were trying to sort of find their identity uh, ever since Bruce Weber left the program. Uh, they just needed some. Uh, they just really needed some direction, and I think that's a possibility. But most importantly, it's for the fans, alumni, and donors. Those are those are the ones that. That that they give that they give the amount of support to the basketball team. Uh, he, I, I recall him saying during uh, during one of the questions with I, I think Derek Young, uh, he did he did say you want to play in front of the best fans, you can come here. You want to uh, you want to play in the best conference, you can play here. 
there there is no reason for for K State fans uh, to not to not show up at these games next year, especially with the amount of highly anticipated action we're going to see with a lot of players next year, with this new coaching staff as well. I I I don't know what else to say, but besides, I mean, I'm I'm anticipating more of a, a sold out Bramlage Coliseum. Yeah, I mean, you would imagine you get 12-5 in Bramlage consistently, especially on that first game. That's going to be a lot of fun to hear Mitch Fortner say, you know, coached by Jerome Tang. Um, before we move on to some of the things um, that we're hearing about the assistant coaching staff, be sure you're uh, following the podcast wherever you're listening, Shake and Blake. Follow us on Twitter at ShakeandBlake312. Uh, make sure to take our quizzes on Sporkle.com. You can go to Sporkle.com and type K-State Sports Trivia round one, two, or three. We did round three last week, so you'll make sure you want to take all, all three of those. There's some pretty fun stuff on there. Again, Shake and Blake 312 on Twitter, Shake and Blake on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll be able to find us. This episode will go up later tonight if you're listening then. So, John, um, I mean, we saw Grant Flanders on Twitter post that there was um, three coaches on a, on a private plane heading to Manhattan. Uh, we got the assistant at Texas, Yurik Malagy. I believe is how we say it. That's his pronunciation sure, yeah. on Twitter or on a, the Texas website. So if I'm doing it wrong, still I'm sorry. But I mean, John, the thing this guy's known for is is recruiting in the Texas mm-hmm. area. Coached at SMU, A and M, Texas Tech, Stephen F. Austin, Houston, UT Arlian, Arlington, excuse me, <laughs> and Texas. I mean, this guy knows the Texas area, and I mean that's a prime spot to get talent. Uh, Maligi, you said it. He is known as a strong recruiter. Uh, as a 36-year-old assistant, he was instrumental in assembling Texas Tech's best recruiting class in school history in 2020. A group that ranked nat- number 11 nationally in the first Big Twelve and first in the Big 12, according to the 24/7 Sports composite team rankings. Uh, this group uh, also included three trans- uh, transfers, headlined, uh, headlined by former Georgetown guard Mac, Mac-, Mac McClung, who led the team scoring in 15.5 points per game. Uh, he was also uh, recognized uh, on the 40 for 40 list uh, of rising stars, according to The Athletic and ESPN, after the 2019-2020 season. So well, I think I, I also did see this as well. Wasn't he, I think he was number 13 uh, in terms of top rising assistant coaches as well oh, on ESPN. So I, It was mentioned he was in the Athletics 40 under 40 as well in college basketball, so obviously a huge mark as well. It's it's. Uh, I wouldn't. I would not really hear of a day uh, that a Texas assistant, though. I, I, I'm just. This, this is nothing against K State, though. Seeing a guy from Texas go to K State, who's a strong recruiter, who knows the state of Texas very well, that clearly opens a pipeline. And you also got Jerome Ting as well, coming from Baylor. He knows a thing or two about recruiting as well. And then the third guy who we're about to mention, he's tried to go get through some other guys as well to come to his program as well. So. The, when you're talking about recruiting potential recruiting areas uh, just opening up, Texas is the clear front runner uh, from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, Kellis Robinette asked him about if he has you know connections in Wichita and Kansas City, and uh, Coach Tang immediately mentioned Ismail Wainwright, who we got at Baylor and who went on to play in the NBA. So I mean, Tang's got connections everywhere, and the guy you were mentioning, um, Jareem Dowling, was assistant at North Texas, another yep. strong recruiter in the area. Uh, and then also on that plane that's heading to Manhattan is Marco Bourne, who looks like, um, I think Derek Young said he's probably going to be the director of basketball ops for the team. He was the, the associate head coach yeah. at Alcorn State. But I'm going to go back to Jureem Dow- yeah. Dow- Dowling for a second. He was a member of Grant McCaslin's staff for the past six years, uh, dating back to a brief stint together at Arkansas State. Uh, he was really defensive-minded with a primary focus in the post. Um, he also earned his reputation as a tireless recruiter and uh, with a resume of success, holding strong ties in the Lone Star State, uh, Mid-Atlantic Region, Junior College ranks, and of course, uh, the native U.S. Virgin Islands assist, uh, U.S. Virgin Islands assistant, in which he's coached there for many years uh, with Jerome Ting. So, just kind of just kind of pointing that out as well. I think that could really come into hu- uh, as a huge advantage for the Cats. 
Yeah, I mean, something else to mention as well is that um, Tang already had a list of about eight or nine guys that he wanted, and he arranged that they make sure and watch the press conference. So he was obviously talking to the fans, but he also knew that he was talking to recruits as well and trying to get them to come into K-State. I mean, he hit on the transfer portal too, and he said that the reason the transfer portal, uh, you know, pers- uh, like wanting to transfer percentage rate at uh, Baylor is so low is because they were honest in recruiting and they love their guys. I mean, that's I mean that's pretty simple, John. And then one other name that was also mentioned, I know, uh, Rodney Perry. Yep. Um, spent time as an assistant at UMKC and Oral Roberts. Um, he worked under a former Baylor coach, or assistant coach, excuse me, Paul Mills. Um, he was also the, he coaches the Mocan Elite 17 and under team in Branson, Missouri. Um, they've got a couple five-star guys that he would obviously have connections with, so... I mean, another really strong recruiter. I mean, could, this is it could be a great way to pull that that type of talent to Manhattan. Yeah, um, just knowing. Well, you, there's Branson, Missouri. Like it's not that far away. Yeah, uh, and it, 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 they have a lot of talent down there. So it, it's a it's a strong possibility. Case they can try to uh, rope up some of the uh, some of the recruits uh, here over the past few over the past few months. Yeah, I mean, and then one thing to remember, John, is, you know, something that kind of came into my mind is, like, what about Taj Manning? I mean, Bruce Weber recruited Manning. You know, what's he going to do now? Uh, Manning did say that he has spoke to Coach Tang or that Coach Tang reached out to him. Um, So it seems like, you know, he's already signed, so he seems like he'll be able to, you know, stay on track and come to K-State still, which will be a huge plus. It seems like he's on board with Coach Tang. I mean, why wouldn't you be? And then in terms of getting more recruits or transfer portals, John, we've already seen – LSU prospect Brandon Murray is getting offers mm-hmm. from a ton of people, but K-State is on that list, as well as Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, entering the transport as well. But I think, do you have some stats on Brandon Murray? Yeah, I got some stuff on Brandon Murray. He was the uh, uh, former ESPN Top 100 prospect. Uh, he's heard from schools such as Auburn, Tennessee, Illinois, uh, Virginia, Texas A&M, and Arkansas, along with others over the past 24 hours. He scored 330 points in 33 games as a freshman uh, at LSU, uh, averaging 10 points, uh, three rebounds, and 1.9 assists uh, in one steal a game. He 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 averaged 31 minutes a game, uh, but most by any player at LSU, the 14th most in league in total minutes. But what really caught my eyes was the, uh, was the added defensive value uh that was more than his offensive value as just a freshman. He also, I mean, he only averaged 1.6 turnovers playing 31 minutes per game uh, for a positive assist turnover ratio. So uh, you look at him, especially considering that he was previously scouted and offered um, at the time by Dream Dowling at North Texas. Uh, that's definitely a name you, you'll have to keep an eye out on. Yeah, I mean, somehow Coach Tang or somebody he's hiring has got a connection to basically about anybody anywhere, which I mean, it just makes it that just makes you think back to the hugs days of being able to get you know certain five star recruits. Can you believe Wally Judge was a five star? I just Man. I, that's kind of crazy to think. I don't know. I like he was kind of just a role player from what I remember during those you know those Frank Martin years. But that's kind of crazy. We what could have been? I guess it's impressive that. While K State, well, well, let's start with the obvious. Manhattan is not the easiest place to get to, which is mo- more so of a leading factor when it comes to the recruiting uh, advantages for a lot of uh, recruit advantages and disadvantages for a lot of these teams. But K State in the past, they have gotten a lot of, uh, they've gotten some five stars under the Frank Martin era. Um, you also mentioned uh, K State got some pretty good, pretty, pretty um, decent players out of the Bruce Weber era as well. Um, I think this. I think when you're really talking about guys that are just highly invested into recruiting, especially in some hot markets right now, especially um, just looking at some of the talent uh, over in the Houston area, especially, I think that's where K-State can really uh, dive deep and get 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 an advantage when recruiting some of those guys. Yeah. So I mean, just to recap, the three guys that were on the plane to Kansas State are pretty much um, going to be the under uh, Tang's staff as assistants and uh, director of basketball ops. Yurik Malagy, the assistant at Texas, who's got huge ties to Texas, coached all over the Texas area. Dareem Dowling, an assistant at North Texas, and he's the one who was, who coached with Coach Tang in the U.S. Virgin Islands, right? I believe so. Okay, and yeah. then, yeah, Marco Bourne, associate head coach at Alcorn State, who seems like he's going to be the director of basketball ops. While he can't technically recruit as the director of basketball ops, he obviously has ties that can help uh, get it there. Um, high school basketball coach Rodney Perry as well, who's got ties to the Branson, Missouri, in the KC area. 
Um, and then, uh, so yeah. And then one thing I wanted to mention, John, is that, you know, even with Selton Miguel entering the transfer portal, I believe we still have 10 scholarship players on our roster. We're recruiting noobs, so you should probably refer to Derek Young, but um, we can't just make, you know, four or five star recruits and four guys that the transfer portal just magically appear out of thin air. We still have to work with what we've got on the roster right now. And we only, you know, we don't have, we don't have a ton of spots to fill. Consider you know, th- depending on who else decides to leave and whatever decides to unfold. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the what the what the ultimate scenario will be, how, how all this will play out. I, I think, well, for us fans, it's just more of a wait and see type of game. I think there's a few players, well, minus Selton Miguel just today, but there, there's going to be a few players that are going to be uh, under the. Uh, under Jerome Tang, like um, get some of his notice uh, throughout the past few weeks, and we'll see how how things go from there. Um, it, it looked like, well, I, I think for for the most part, there was a lot of players sold on Jerome Tang uh, with the likes of Marquis Noel, Nigel Pack. Uh, I mean, we we can touch on Nigel Pack go, um, going going in the NBA draft right now. Well. Uh, I I wouldn't even consider going to the NBA draft. I think he's going to just take some. Tips from the, from the from a lot of professionals. Uh, then he's going to be uh, coming back to K State most expectingly. Uh, and then you got um, Ish Masood. He's he's definitely going to be um, a key factor as well. So it, it's it's I, I honestly don't know how how to respond uh, to like what what's going to happen in a case. But it's yeah yeah we can't tell the future. It's just kind of a thing to note. That we can't just get all the, you know, we can't recruit five players and then, you know, get more out of the transfer portal and stuff like that. It's just a wait and see. I think we're, even though football, basketball, and baseball aren't all playing right now, they're still going to, or sorry, both basketball teams um, aren't playing right now and it's just baseball going on. There's still a lot to talk about. I'm um, sure there's a lot of we drama. Got, we just we just had uh, Rachel Ranke in her for transfer portal yeah, for Rachel. women's team. So, uh, it, it, but in terms of a transfer portal activity, it's just getting started. I mean, we've seen. Ter- Terrence Shannon Jr. out of Texas Tech in a transfer portal. I'm anticipating for LJ Cryer to enter a transfer portal. He hasn't announced anything. He's going to have uh, surgery on two two of his feet, um, but he'll he'll be anticipating to return next year. But I don't know if he's going to be at Baylor. So uh, it, it's it's going to be it's it's going to be more more of a scouting type of scouting type of. Um, setting for K-State uh, throughout these next few months. You know, John, it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun when uh, a big enters the transfer portal that's pretty solid because obviously every, we, we need one. Everybody's we, K-State needs one desperately. Everybody's talking like, you know, we just get a big in the transfer portal, have Nigel Pack. You know, even the way he answered questions at that press conference, um, he was talking about how, you know, we could make the tournament next year and stuff like that. So even the way he's talking, it seems like um, he's planning on coming back unless he somehow just crushes it and turns into a first-round draft pick or something. But I'm um, I mean, it's just a wait and see type of thing, really. I mean, we we we've seen it with with the press and the media already. Yesterday, we'll just have to wait, see how the overall off season goes when it comes to recruiting the transfer portal, and just some of the pr- key practices as well, heading into uh, no- next November. Yeah, we're just waiting on the official confirmation for the um, the coaching staff under Coach Tang. What who who will enter the transfer portal for K State as well as other teams that could possibly come to K State? What the recruiting is going to be like? Because I'm sure as he gets his staff, they're going to be on the road trying to get stuff done. So there's going to be a lot to talk about there. But I mean, we'll talk about it when it happens, John. So I think we'll go ahead and take a quick break to hear from Tanner's, then we'll recap some uh, baseball, talk about uh, Clint the KSU fans' big bracket, and recap March Madness here on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. And we're back on the Shake and Blake Show live on Wildcat 91.9 with Blake Crawford and John Grove here to talk about some baseball. At to currently update it live right now, the team is down 3 to nothing, and it's only the top of the second inning to ranked TCU. But, I mean, John, unfortunately, um, their eight-game winning streak was snapped uh, after a loss to Air Force. Air Force got up early, John. I mean, we tied it at three, but it just wasn't quite enough. Yeah, after Tuesday's game, that was canceled. K-State baseball came up uh, pretty as cold as the weather on Wednesday, uh, falling behind early, uh, 3-0, to zero before coming back to tie the game and through the, and through the bottom of a six. But uh, eventually, K-State allowed another run in the seventh, and 
couldn't answer again. Falling to Air Force 4-3. to uh, But lost snaps K-State's eight-game winning streak and puts the Cats at 11-8. and uh, K-State scored three unanswered runs uh, kept by Nick Goodwin's game-tying RBI single in the sixth to climb out of a, of a three-hole uh, three hole. Uh, but Air Force just re, uh, responded pretty well. Retook the lead uh, in, the, in the next half inning on Eric Joe's uh, RBI double to seal the deal for Air Force, uh, offensively speaking. And then Air Force uh, just had more, much better pitching at the end uh, to, to um, give him a victory. I think bases were loaded uh, for the Cats to possibly give him an opportunity. Uh, at the bottom of a ninth, but it just wasn't enough. It didn't play well enough to beat anybody, especially a competitive, tough program like Air Force, who who we've seen in a, a lot of military academies. They'll be ready. Uh, I mean, they'll be ready to uh, just compete against you, no matter no matter what the what the costs are, or uh, just stuff like that. When when you can't make routine plays plays when you leave runners on base. You don't deserve to beat anybody, and Air Force just played good enough to win. They made the plays, and they made pitches at the end, which is really one of a, one of the biggest differences when it comes to K-State um, in late-game situations. Uh, well, looking at K-State on a defensive perspective as well, so... Yeah, I mean, like we mentioned, they're already down three to nothing to TCU, and um, they don't have the play-by-play up on the app. But I mean, K State already has an air to their right name here. in the bottom of the first inning, which I mean has really been a struggle. I mean, we've in you know in the game against Morehead State where we got down early, we had opportunities, we left a lot of runners on base early. I mean, I think we've just really struggled early on that first time through the order to get the bats going, which is always really tough generally. I mean, that second time through the order, once you've already got to look at the pitcher, um, you can usually do a little bit better. I mean, it was really unfortunate that game on Tuesday got canceled. You just like to get, you know, if you're nice to get a win on Tuesday, at least split it going into a tough series against TCU, just anything to keep, you know, keep that confidence high going into a tough four-series stretch against some really tough Big 12 teams. And yeah, the Big Twelve baseball. You, 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 I mean, you're already starting off with Frog Ball USA out here with number 19 TCU. Uh, I mean, the Big Twelve overall, it's just I mean, we talk about this a lot with basketball, but baseball in a way has a lot of great teams uh, as well. You got the likes of Oklahoma State, who's historically been a great powerhouse um, as well. Oklahoma's looked pretty good this year. Um, uh, yeah, just a lot of great teams in the Big Twelve. Texas Tech, Texas as well. Um, it, it, the big the thing that gives those teams that advantage is that they'll have more of an opportunity to play, uh, just and just more near their home field advantage as well. And it takes a little bit longer for the teams up in the, up in the north to kind of settle in with the likes of K State, KU, and maybe and the rest of the Big Ten because the Big Ten is. The Big Ten is yeah. terrible in baseball, um, but yeah, that's why the SEC is just a total powerhouse SEC, in baseball. The SEC is just an absolute powerhouse. So, uh, hoping hoping for the best for the Cats this weekend. Hopefully, hopefully seeing, hopefully just seeing some better pitching as well compared to what happened uh, against Air Force on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean Arkansas for Arkansas. I mean Arkansas is their MLB team for that state since they don't even have a team. <laughs> they just have the uh, is I think it's the Triple A team. I they mean they got, got the uh, I think it's Double A for the Royals because uh, Northwest Arkansas Northwest uh, Naturals. Yeah, because I think they saw, they got to saw they got to see Bobby Witt. So, yep, and I, I'm trying to think what else they got the Travelers as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one against TCU, John. I mean, you know, Hist- historically it's been very competitive, yeah, especially last year when they played, played each other six, like ten times. Yeah, played played six times last year. Yeah. Uh, the fi- the final game in the regular season, at least, K State won on a on an incredible walk off as well. So. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that last game in the tournament, like I think Dylan Phillips started as a pitcher. I think and he, I, I think it, I think the they were, tournament magic could just kind of wear down a little bit. TCU's they were, offense just really took advantage of K-State's kind of uh, just kind of wore out pitching a little bit. Yeah, and they still made a run in the eighth to get it within like two runs, but it just wasn't quite enough. They were just totally out of arms. I mean, I think they'd used Ekberg, Torres. I mean, those those guys each went like six innings on different days, so they were just totally out of arms. You know, but that's just how baseball tournaments work. Yeah. I mean, do you have any other thoughts, John, this last ser- um, you know, t- series at TCU going on right now? Um, or the loss to Air Force. Before we move on to uh, I'm trying to think of, favorite K State player tournament, well, bracket. I think, 
Yeah, I'm just looking up a schedule here. It, it's not easy uh, coming up by all means. You, you'll you'll have Northern Colorado for a midweek uh, for a two game midweek series as well. But after that, it's just absolutely brutal. You got Oklahoma State at home. You host Creighton for a midweek game, and then you play at Texas Tech, and then hosting Texas. So it's not going to get any easier by means uh, by all means. Oh, you also go to Wichita State as well, and yeah. historically Wichita State's probably the best team in Kansas. Yeah. Um. So we'll 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 see what happens. Yeah, it's, you know, we'll just see how we do in big, uh, you know, Big Twelve play. I think we're kind of playing with house money with some of these teams that are, you know, they have hopes of Omaha, really. So I mean, that's that's all you can really hope for. I mean, John. So yeah, do you have any other thoughts before we move on? By all okay. means, just wanted to make just wanted to make sure we get you know everything out of you, John, and we you know. If I, I if know. I went I out anything for if I if I said anything further, I'd just be just talking, and then suddenly Old. I'd be. I just be kind of like our baseball team last year when it just comes to wearing down when it comes to when it comes to talking. <laughs> yeah. Then you'd probably just have to take over for me. Okay. Well, I mean, if you've been on uh, K State, you'd, you'd, you'd have to impersonate me. I don't know if I could do an impersonation of you. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty good impersonation right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, if you're not following at uh, the K State fan too, Case uh, Clint, the KSU fan, he put out a 68 person bracket of. All sorts of K-State legends across every single every single sport, really. I mean, you've got your one seeds as Jacob Pullen, Michael Bishop, Darren Sproles, Colin Klein. So, I mean, it's obviously a stacked bracket. You meet across every sport. Aoka Lee's in it. Eric Kennard. Um, Robert Streb, of uh, you know, golf pro now. You got K State alum. You got Jim Colbert in there. Craig Jordan. Wilson. There's some baseball guys in there too. Dennis Clemente. Um, yeah. The first round just finished. I mean, we obviously can't go through the whole bracket. Um, if you want to look it up yourself, um, you definitely can. The first round just finished. Um, I'd like to talk about a few different upsets and some trends you kind of see. Obviously, with some of these, there's a lot of recency bias. Particularly the one that me for for me that stands out is Verl Schweitzer, who actually was you know he opened the door to K State game. Everything he's done for, I think he was the first. Um, to break the to break the, the barrier crowd, uh, yeah, at back least for, in the, back in I think the fifties, yeah, at least for football, like K State for sure. And the eight nine matchup against Nicole Olday, I think that's her name. Um, yeah. She's surprisingly one, which good for. I was I'm surprised though. I thought I thought if Verl Schweitzer won, he could have given Michael Bishop maybe a run for his money, just on that alone. But I mean, the thing is, John, with with stuff like this, it's obviously very subjective. It's pretty tough for it not to be a chalk. Um, all one seeds, you know, with uh, you know, with guys like Jacob Poland, Michael Bishop, Colin Klein, and Darren Sproles. Those are obviously household names at K State. Do you see anybody that could even challenge them? I'll just go ahead and name the two seeds. Uh, the two seeds are Jordy Nelson, Michael Beasley, Terrence Newman, and Deuce Vaughn. Do you, I don't know? Do you think those guys could give? I just, if you would have put Deuce Vaughn in Michael Bishop's region, I think I think you could have possibly made the case uh, for Deuce Vaughn. Maybe you could have possibly put him in the in the in the Colin Klein region as well. Just with the way Colin Klein's uh, 2012 season ended, just kind of in a little bit of an unhealthy unhealthy way, just kind of took some losses uh, near the end of the season. I think Deuce Vaughn just has a lot more potential still. So uh, if if it was if it was if we were doing this like two two years in the future, and if we're hey, yeah, then then we'd probably go with Deuce Vaughn possibly, um, but there's a there's just a lot to see. I'm a, I'm a little surprised Felix Anidike Uzama lost in the first round to uh, 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 Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. Yeah, oh. that surprised me because I mentioned a recency bias that seems to be going on. Like the you know the newer the K State players, the more likely they were to win. Well, but that, I mean you that also, wasn't true there. You also had Ayoka Lee, who was a four seed. She lost to Eric Kennard. Yeah, um, that was surprising to me. I, I, I it could have gone. Well, I think you, I, I know recency bias. You you look at Ayoka Lee, sixty one points against Oklahoma. But then you also take a look at the gold medals Eric Kennard has won at the Olympic Games as well. So it's it's kind of it's kind of back and forth in this one. You also got Dalton Reisner, the 12 seed, uh, current Denver Bronco, by the way. <laughs> uh, he he uh, beat Lynn Dickey. That's not surprising to that, me. I think. I mean, I think you know, considering you know, last week on our show, as we mentioned uh, in our he's trivia segment, the amount of turnovers. Yeah, he's he the had. he's the uh, all-time interceptions leader at K State, and it's not particularly close. And he also has the least rushing yards in K State history. I think at negative four hundred and twenty-nine. Yeah. So 
I mean, he obviously was a good quarterback, but a bit of a uh, a loose cannon, you might say. Especially, and it was the pre-Snyder days, so did it even happen, really? <laughs> yeah, you also had uh, Wesley Awundu and Jake Waters in the, in the first four round as well. Yeah, so. do you th- yeah, I mean, that's a tough 16 seed. For, like, those guys to be 16 seeds, and they had that's to, pretty And crazy. then the winner of that, they would have to go up against Jacob Poland. I mean, yeah, come on, Not man. a chance. Yeah. I, I, know, I know, like, you ought to face these... Like, you have to go head-to-head eventually, but, man, like, I mean, going up against Jacob Poland, that's just not fair. Yeah. That's just Do you think fair. Jacob Poland's going to go all the way to the to the final, the natty game? I'm going to go Jacob Poland versus Darren Sproles. I got Darren Sproles. You're taking Darren Sproles over Colin Klein? He is my favorite K-State player of all time. See, that'll be an interesting conversation. I think we could probably have it once we get closer and that actually happens. Um, one other upset did, is uh, is worth mentioning. Uh, Bill Walker did beat Steve Grogan, oh, which is I a bit interesting. There we go. I mean, interesting. He history. he he was a part of a Michael Beasley. Uh, well, pre Michael Beasley days, where he, he he was giving a lot of men majors and Baylor at the time a lot of problems, uh, especially in the paint. So yeah, um, I that one. I'm I'm. I don't know. I'm not a little too surprised by it. Yeah. Okay, John, how about I throw some second-round matchups at you that I think might be interesting? Okay. And you can let me know what you think. So Jordy Nelson, Skylar Thompson in a 2-7. Is that close? Do you just take Jordy all the way? Jordy. Okay. Do you think it's going to be, like, anywhere? Like, is it 40-60 uh, in I'm, favor of Jordy? Or? Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe a 70-30. How about, how about this one? This is a 3-6 matchup. Dean Wade, Gary Spaney. I'm a little Wade, biased. My grandpa, I think, Gary I believe Spaney. my grandpa coached Gary Spaney in track in high school, and he has, like, Ooh. a note autograph from him in his house. But I think that could be close if people remember what Gary Spaney did. But I think, I mean, Dean Wade is such a lovable character at K-State. He's, a, he's, doing, he's a lovable character. He's doing good stuff he's, for the Cavs. He's, I, I, he's doing great things at Cleveland at this point. Yeah. Uh, he's he's just been well. Of course, he's gonna he's one of the top contributing guys who led K State to um, a Big Twelve championship and in KU's fourteen uh, streak of championships. Yeah. So, I I think just kind of looking at that. I mean, it's it's not like based on into. I'm taking a look at. Uh, it, it's complicated. It definitely is. Complicated. It's complicated. Just looking at just looking at some of these players, it's like, oh, I I like what this guy did individually, but oh, well, what happened with this team that year? So, yeah, I, I I don't know. You were talking about this earlier, John. This is a fun one. Ernie Barrett, Nigel Pack, in a four oh, five. Oh my god! You've got everything Ernie Barrett did for K State in the early years. You know. In the you know the glory days of K State basketball, the glory days. Mr. K State, the m- most well. improved player in the Big Twelve, are the best. You know, are like shining light of hope this season, at least in Nigel Pack. It's a tough one, but I think I agree. you you said you went Ernie Barrett before the show. I think I'm inclined to agree with you. I think I I think I mean he led K State to a national championship back in the fifties as well. I I don't think nobody can take it take take away that type of remarkable achievement. Yeah, especially with a especially with a program like it's, K-State where you're having to constantly compete against Kansas of all teams yeah. to try to earn the prestige and respect. I mean, it's crazy, John. There I mean, there are so many great players on this list. I mean, Jonathan Beasley and Arthur Brown was the 8-9 matchup. I mean, that's just that that's just so much talent there. Arthur Brown did end up winning. How, how about this for a 2-7? This might be the last one we do before we'll, I think we'll come I, back to it I, a little well, bit. Well, I think I think going back to the Arthur Brown, I think well, for I think maybe for a lot of fans, it was definitely uh, the the interception uh, against RG three. RG three, his first interception of the season. So yeah, I just I always remember the stat that RG three had more touchdowns than incomplete com- incompleted passes going into that game. That he was like a <laughs> video game and stuff. But one more matchup, John, before we take a break and quickly hit on March Madness: Deuce Vaughn, Kevin Lockett. That's a fun one. Oh, That's a fun one. I think there's going to be some argument there from the, like the old guard and the new guard. I think that could spark some real debate. Deuce Vaughn, oh, Kevin Lockett. Oh man, that I I did not even see that till now. See, we like sh- what what the heck? I'd be interested to see what Kurtz would say on that. That does Being sound like kind that of a, does sound like something uh, for John Kurtz. Like doesn't it? I, I think Kurtz could go either he, way on that. He's that's an interesting. He, one. He's he's known a lot. Well, he knows a lot about K State back in the 1990s, but he also called Deuce Vaughn. Uh, my guy, <laughs> like he, yeah. he's my guy. 
Yeah, that's a real tough one. So, I yeah, know. I mean, and his podcast on KCSN is with Aaron Lockett, so it's not like he's particularly tied to Kevin. So, you know, he could really go either way. Maybe, maybe they probably mention on maybe probably mentioned that on his show. I mean, Aaron Lockett's like no, but 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 produce. <laughs> He probably that would be kind of funny. That's I mean, a, that's a great podcast, by the way. So. Yeah, they do some good stuff on that. Really good. They, stuff. they have some great guests as well. Um, that one with David Allen was really fun. That was but awesome. I think we'll come back to this, uh, you know, in a week or two. However, the bracket comes out, and we'll give updates and give our thoughts on it. It's pretty fun to talk about. But I think with our last ten minutes or so, we'll go and hit on a little bit of match March madness, and we'll March turn into madness. a we'll turn into a Providence Friars show oh, yeah. here on the Shake and yep. Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. And we're back on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. Just a reminder to the people, make sure to follow us on Twitter at ShakeandBlake312. Shake and Blake on on any uh, podcast platform, wherever you're listening. Take our Sporkle quizzes on Sporkle.com. K-State Sports Trivia round one, two, or three. Sorry, John, just had to plug it, but you go ahead. Oh no! Go ahead. You you can. No, I'm done plugging. Oh, you're done. Yeah, I'm oh. done plugging. Uh, I was just gonna. Based on the last show, we were we were on the Chattanooga bandwagon. Yeah, I think I think and they it, were kind of riding our magic, and then we went off the air. And then we went and they off started the air. Sucking. And then, and then, well, no, we we left the studio. Yeah. I mean, they were they were scorching before we did we, before we did the show as well. So I mean, I don't know. We we might as well just have to stay in here uh, <laughs> and see Providence. I mean, there's a, TV, a good old smack there's a TV on, right there. There's a TV. Uh, I mean, in here as well. So it's. I remember when we were doing the live updates. I was like, "This is going to age terribly." Like, if we put this, but I, I think it'd be funny. It's kind of funny to go back and see our innocence, knowing what happened. Of like, oh, you know, it's like getting seeing, Brad Underwood. Possibly, it's, it's, it's like seeing. Uh, Texas Tech fans, hey, mark my words. If Chris Beard goes to <laughs> Texas, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna be be a supporter of anything anymore. And man, that just happens. Well, th- this is gonna age terribly, John. But just to update the people live on Wildcat 91.9, St. Peter's, the 15 seed, the Peacocks, yes! are down four right now to no! produce. <laughs> that was so. But they're hanging in there. A minute left in the first half. KU is up 15 to eight. On our dearly beloved Providence Friars, with a little under nine minutes Fri- left in the first we're half. We're Friars and Peacocks show from but now on. John, I mean, our brackets are both totally screwed with Arizona minus, and um, Gonzaga minus, losing yesterday. Not mine's done for. You, you, you still got UCLA riding high. It's I got one uh, out of our two brackets. There is one Final Four team left in UCLA, which is at, and they'll probably lose to North Carolina because that team is looking real hot. But yeah, I mean, just I think Houston looked. They look like they could definitely take Villanova down and go to the Final Four again. They were looking really. They just looked like the better team against Arizona, which was just absolutely insane. Arkansas looked really strong as well. JD Note was looking really good. I and, am, oh my goodness! I'm absolutely terrified with what Houston is going to do in the Big Twelve ne- uh, next season. They yeah. just gave Arizona a lot of problems offensively. They were just dominant inside the post as well. Dude, Calvin Sampson is going to bring uh, the Houston into the Big 12 with a lot of fire. I think they have a shot of winning the national championship. Yeah, I think they really do, honestly, as a five seed. Now, we almost had, we could have possibly had, you know, uh, at least three teams in the Final Four from the new Big 12, but Texas Tech did go down to Duke. Texas Tech had that game most of the way. But Duke really just got got through it at the end. I don't really have much to say, but it was really unfortunate. Texas Tech was still looking pretty good against Duke, but they couldn't just quite get it done. Coach K, um, reti- the Coach retirement K's party re- is still going is on. Is held off for at least a day. Well, it's still going on. It, it it's when the I guess, guests leave. Okay. It's when they lose is when the guests leave. Yeah. Yeah, and then you got yeah North Carolina UCLA playing in a couple hours. My Iowa grandpa, State Miami. My grandpa's probably cheering for UCLA. He's, yeah, you as you mentioned last week, he's yep. listening into the radio show. So he he he. I had to I had to shout him out. He's a he's a big UCLA fan. Well, UCLA is favored in that game by two and a half points. So. I don't know. North Carolina is looking. They do look really good. good. I mean, too. even though they blew that lead, I mean, to still get your composure together and given they'll have. Brady. I mean, they they were dealing with a lot of foul trouble prior yeah. to the prior to Baylor coming back in that game as well. And they'll, so. they'll have Manic back, obviously, for that part if he gets as hot as he was before. But the way Brady Manic has just improved from, from being at Oklahoma, I mean, they, he's just he's just looked a lot more athletic. He's just looked a lot more physical. He's starting to make more shots. He's, he's starting to really become a lot 
a lot more better uh, of a player than he was uh, back at Oklahoma. Yeah, John, I'm going to try and look this up here because now we have three number one seeds gone. KU is the only number one seed left. Uh, they're losing. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I, that. That just leads to the ultimate jinx. Well, I'm just trying to find out when was the last time there were no one seeds in the final four. Hmm. I'm just scrolling through here. It might. It's Oh, there's a one seed there. It's a little tough to tell. Was it maybe twenty? Oh, okay. Oh, here I'll 20, give you. I'll give you a base. Oh, I'll 20, give you. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'll give you. Since I'm since I'm a nice guy, I'll, I'll give you some baseball updates. Oh yeah, go ahead. Still looking up some stuff. So, uh, Dylan Phillips doubled to right field, uh, two RBIs with uh, Johnson and Cole Pepper scoring. So the Cats are down three to two in the bottom of the third. I mean, yeah. That, I mean, that's good, obviously, but you don't want to get in a shootout with TCU. So hopefully, in those. The other half of the innings, you'll be able to, you know, get a few zeros up on the board and give the bats a chance to get in. I found it's 2011. That was that weird year where Butler and VCU. That was the first year of the play-in. And then UConn, VC- UConn won the national championship yeah. that year. Yeah, that was a weird Final Four. Yeah, U- UConn, Butler, Kentucky, VCU. Kentucky. That's that's crazy. That's- I thought it was Arizona in the Final Four, but. I guess it is. Unless Kentucky. Wikipedia is wrong. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Oh man, but uh, I, I'm 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 highly anticipating for a lot of great finishes in college basketball, uh, except for KU uh, winning anything. That will yeah. Be, let's hope we get Iowa State in the Final Four, and that's how we get to just just the Final Four. In. We're not putting them in the national championship. We're not. Country. We're not Mad Men. Come on. Like, come on! I mean, we we well, we'll support the Big Twelve, but I mean, but especially when it's at Iowa State. I mean, Farm again, and they they would they would not make me hear the end of it on social media. <laughs> yeah, their fans are pretty annoying, but I think our you know our rivalry comes from the fact that our programs are so similar. I think very similar. I think that's what really makes the rivalry fun. But yeah, their fans are kind of annoying. So it's it's a they need to make an official rivalry. Yeah, they really do. Like, like I, I know, I know it may like hurt potentially recruiting just like with the name Farm again and with like, uh, oh, it's a farming rivalry. Like, yeah, with farm schools. Well, maybe if Iowa State can get their first ever double digit win season, and K State is good as well, College Game Day can come down and they can make it. Official. Yeah, I don't understand why they've been going to Ames, Iowa, as of late. I mean, they went they went there for the Iowa game. It just never made any sense. Like, yeah, that's kind I of mean, a weird they, one. They, every every time they play Iowa, they're, it's it's an ultimate loss. So they're, yeah. they're practically taking K State as their Super Bowl now. Yeah, John. Uh, John, we got one minute left. I know this isn't an NFL show, but I just want to ask you as a Broncos fan. Yes, yes. How yes, you, how are you yes, feeling yes, right yes. now? Oh, I'm feeling very. Is this very... the best you felt like since the Peyton Manning days, or? Uh, probably. Yeah, I probably. Mean, <laughs> I mean, the AFC West is tough, but Tyreek Hill's gone. Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs are good riddance. I mean, the... <laughs> I, I I know you're a Chiefs fan, but I mean, I I, oh, man, as a Broncos fan, it's just music to my ears. With uh, we we already got Russell. Will- we got a quarterback. We actually got a quarterback. <laughs> I'm I'm I was just rejoicing out of my lungs for, for that. I mean, we also got Randy Gregory out of out of the Dallas Cowboys. I was hoping we could have gotten Von Miller, but it was just a lot of money. To, yeah, that's to a lot him. of money. So he's at Buffalo now, but uh, and then you then we also get to see just the Chiefs falling off now. So I'm, yeah, I'm I'm happy. Championship windows are always smaller than you think, think but especially uh, in the AFC West. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough division. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. We touch on a lot of stuff, John. Uh, be a sure lot to, of stuff. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Shake and Blake three twelve. Follow us the podcast uh, Shake and Blake and uh, Cast by ninety. Cast by ninety. Coach, go ahead and take us out.